Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperoo. Oh, I just made my dog bark. <laughs> hey, it's What If. I'm Spencer, that's Ryan. You, What's going on? You, that's that's Marcy in the background. You dog said, who's shooting in the studio? <laughs> Why y'all? Marcy didn't appreciate my my West Side Gun impression Why to open the show. Why y'all busting caps in the house during <laughs> quarantine? Take that shit outside. I'm trying to sleep. Stop shooting up the studio. <laughs> y'all acting crazy in here. I'm just I'm just a doodle. <laughs> What's going on, man? How are you? Huh? Another day, another beer, bud. It's, uh, sure, sure. Actually, it's a raspberry bubbly, so, you know. Bubbly beer. Just going to grip that and rip that. Oh. hey Nailed it. Even got a little fizz on that. Yeah. That was nice. Ooh. It's a little, a little little carbonated water ASMR for you freaks out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, returned, I returned the binaural mic that I was using for a while. Aww. Otherwise, I could get you some good... Like crack one in each ear, get you some stereo LaCroix. Oh boy, that sounds overwhelming. What happened? What <laughs> happened to your microphone? What'd you do to it, bud? Well, I didn't. I didn't own it. I was just using it for a bit. Oh, those those fuckers are expensive and impractical. I was under the impression that you had bought one. No, it's like two G's, and it, there's really no reason for me to own it. It's just kind of like fun to fuck around with. So. Unless we make ASMR videos for the podcast. <laughs> we could start adding some YouTube content if you'd like. Well, YOLO. Patreon.com. Patreon.com. <laughs> what if slash what if podcast. Cast. Cast. What if podcast. Uh, Ryan, what is bringing you joy this week or since the last time we recorded? You know, we only recorded a few days ago, and I gotta be honest, man, things aren't changing very much on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> Not a whole lot <laughs> is different today than it was three days ago. Um, fair, fair. But I will say there is something interesting happening around me, and I guess it's bringing me joy because it's different than the other things that are going on on a day-to-day basis. Which is that they're okay. they're tearing down a house on my block two doors down that was like the ugliest, most terrible piece of shit house that's ever existed. <laughs> it was like that house, I swear to God, that house was like somebody moved into it <laughs> and then they just every day they woke up and they walked outside and they kind of looked at the house and they just hit it with a sledgehammer one time in one place, but every single day for the entire time How can they I lived fuck this there. up today. Yeah, just like, huh. <laughs> Yeah, that looks like it needs a good wham. Yeah, fuck, fuck that board, <laughs> fuck that hole in the wall. Like there's literally chunks of this house that had fallen out, and they were just using that like roofing tar paper to like cover over. Oh it. sure, just like nah. Yeah, that'll let some like, air. like Stranger Things. Yeah, exactly. Like that'll let some air or water in if we don't do something about it. So, <laughs> how about some? Yeah, st- keep the bears out. How about some sticky paper? Uh, <laughs> So anyway, maybe they just had like a maybe they had like a really bad insect problem. Wow, I hope that wasn't it because I live too close <laughs> to that place to not also have a really bad insect problem. But so th- wait, to clarify, your joy is that a, a house on your block is being destroyed. <laughs> yes, but mostly because like I don't know, so I grew up in South Minneapolis and I have like one of my earliest memories is of watching uh, these like city construction vehicles in the center of our intersection, like tearing up an intersection. And I love watching shit just like get destroyed. Cause like who, what kid doesn't like construction trucks. Right. So I think later I'm probably going to throw my sunglasses on and put a beer in my canteen and walk down the alley and just watch those guys fuck a house up for a while. <laughs> it's better than TV, man. I've been watching too much of that shit anyway. Like a, like a drunk toddler. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent like a drunk toddler. Bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a camping chair from my shed and just set it down in the alley. It's not like I'm gonna get oh, hit boy. by a car. There's no cars going down my alley anyway. <laughs> just wave at the construction well, workers. Hey guys, keep it up. Yeah. 
you and the other five-year-olds are gonna have a great afternoon oh totally man <laughs> they're gonna be like look at that i'm gonna be like oh shit it's gonna be so dope <laughs> Um, All right, well, good luck. Have fun. It's a little chilly out there, but... I haven't been out there yet. Is it chilly? Damn. Yeah, it's not great. All right. Tomorrow's supposed to be lovely, though, if you want to make some <laughs> some uh, Wednesday afternoon plans to watch shit get destroyed. Uh, All right. I mean, mate, what if they're done, though? Mm. It wasn't a very big... Then you can just go... It wasn't a very big house. There wasn't a whole lot left. <laughs> it sounds... Well, maybe you could just go sit on top of the rubble then. <laughs> Ooh, maybe they'll let me ride on like the 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 crane fucking shovel digger thing. Crane shovel digger thing. You know what I mean? Smoking like a true drunk toddler. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I got guys ride on the um, ride on the shovel digger. I want to want to go for a ride on the shovel digger. <laughs> It's like Valley Fair in my neighborhood. The baby roller coaster. I'm gonna do it. I'm that's six flags for the rest of the country. Oh yeah. That's our that's our knockoff six flags we have here. Yes. So anyway, that's right. that's what's new in this neighborhood. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Thrilling. Uh, Thrilling stuff. What about you, bud? Where's where's your joy this week? Uh I've actually got two kinda. Oh my god, that's one, so much joy. I know, dude. Uh one media related and one more personal related. Tight, give uh, it to me. The media one is that the new Fiona Apple Fiona Apple album fucking rips. I have I feel like everyone has said so many nice things about it that I feel like intimidated to just put it on and listen to it. Like I need to like carve out time and place oh. to like ingest it in whole but maybe i'm making too big of a deal out of it and i just need to be like fuck it and press play i mean it's not like you can't listen to it a second time or a third time or even fourth if you wanted to that's a good point you know what you make a good point there i would just throw it on and, and go for it that is kind of how music works isn't it yeah yeah it's like somewhat permanent once you record it and all uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters is a fucking just yeah. absolute shredder of an album name. Yeah, she's she's writing her ass off. She's singing her ass off. The production is super weird and cool. It's recorded and mixed really well. Um, yeah, it's great. That's tight. It got a fucking it got a ten on Pitchfork. I saw a very fire tweet where someone said the coolest part about Fiona Apple getting a ten. Uh, the first 10 in like over a decade on Pitchfork is that she almost certainly doesn't care that she got a 10 uh, in Pitchfork. And oh, I was abs- like, absolutely not. I was like, that's pretty fire. <laughs> she is very pissed and very not giving a shit on this record. And it's great. Tight. All right. Well, yeah, I got to go for a bike ride today. So maybe I'll, maybe that'll be my there soundtrack. It's, it's about an hour long. So it's about how long I bike for. Perfectly. Yeah, it's perfect. Or throw it on when you go uh, watch them destroy the house later. That's true. Oh, it's the soundtrack Could to be my some good destruction soundtrack. <laughs> it's the soundtrack to my neighborhood coming crashing down. Also, could be the name of a Fiona Apple album. What's that? My neighborhood coming crashing down. <laughs> soundtrack to my neighborhood uh, coming crashing down. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, uh, Ward, that's your media joy. Yep. Uh, um, the other one, so I, I produce another podcast, Ryan, you know, this, this is more for the listeners. <laughs> Tell me more Just about this. <laughs> and we were supposed to be doing a, uh, a tour on the West coast this month that obviously did not happen. Uh, but we did a live stream show on Saturday and sold tickets for it and it went super well and it felt really nice to like have interaction with human beings and pretend like we were having a show. Yeah. And we raised like a thousand dollars for the uh, United Way's Twin Cities COVID relief fund. Dope, dude! That's so sick. Yeah, I love that. So it felt good to do something like semi-normal and feel like we were somehow helping. Yeah, at least throw like a drop of water on this fucking dumpster fire. Be a yeah, be productive at the same time. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, we momentarily pissed on the dumpster fire that is the United States. <laughs> We're helping. We're helping. <laughs> um, 
Anyway. Word. Well, congrats, dude. So that That's was, awesome. That was, good for you all. Yeah. Felt good to like fake hang out with people for on a Saturday night for an hour or two. Totally. Totally. That's awesome. Did anybody do anything? Anyway. Did anything did anybody do anything rowdy on the Zoom? Anybody anybody like unmute and start screaming like weird things? Well, no, so we did like a, a private Zoom pushed to a YouTube live stream. Ah. So the the YouTube comments got pretty pretty decker. That sounds um oh, mostly man. thanks to mostly thanks to me, but <laughs> just agging people was, uh, on the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's um, let's be real. YouTube comments just to begin with are the the like the toilet bowl of the universe. <laughs> and then yeah, I think going going back to our uh discussion from last week about like the the biggest uh disparity between the good and bad versions of of an art ah, form. Ah, yes, yes, yes. YouTube comments have got to be somewhere on that That's list. 100% true because a good YouTube comment is like like comedy gold and then the rest of it is just like, "Oh boy, this is Yeah, in in about a 1 to 100 ratio at best. 100%. 100%. Anyway, uh aliens? Robots? It, it was aliens. It was robots. It was both. I'm not saying it was aliens. We, we've got But it was. I'm, but I'm saying it was aliens plus robots. So our friend Rob Christofferson of Our Strange Skies slash Coda slash Uncle Rob's Alien Story Time. I was going to say Story Time with Uncle Rob. Uh, which we posted a new one this week. If you haven't listened to that yet, go check it go out. Go get your butts some some free extras. Thanks, Rob, for being our certified correspondent and a total badass. We've got space penguins and space pancakes this week. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> Just truly, God bless. So Rob sent me some UFO books this week. Mm. Um and I chose one of them somewhat blindly to read and cover for this week's episode. Perfect. It's perfect. And the one I chose is called Aliens in the Forest, the Cisco Grove UFO Encounter by No Torres and Ruben Uriarte. Uh, I'm sorry. I actually literally need you to say that one more time. <laughs> the, the title or the authors or both? The title for sure. Okay. The title is Aliens in the Forest, the Cisco Grove UFO Encounter. The Cisco Grove. Okay, got it. And the authors are No, as in N-O-E, Torres, and Ruben Uriarte, U-R-I-A-R-T-E. Take me on a ride, baby. Where in the world is the Cisco Forest? Grove. It's in Grove. the It's in the Tahoe National Forest in Northern California. Ooh. And in 1964, September of 1964, Donald Shrum, sick, <laughs> who lived in, in Sacramento, was going on a hunting trip with uh, two of his work buddies. Okay. So they drove up from Sacramento to Tahoe National Forest, and they were going to hunt for the weekend <laughs> uh, and then head back. I'm sorry. What? I just, I just pulled up Google Maps to get a rough understanding of the size and location of the Tahoe National Forest. And f for whatever reason, the uh, like main Google Sites locations photo for it is like a puppy dog, <laughs> and like st sitting on a dirt trail, and that was that's cute, a surprising delight. Anyway, sorry about that. Oh, one one more one more quick thing that brought me joy this week: my dog got slapped in the nose by a sparrow, and it was hilarious. Damn, <laughs> that's intense. <laughs> Uh, what, what we were going for a walk and he stopped to s sniff a bush probably because there was a sparrow in it and the sparrow flew out cause there was a dog sniffing around and it flew right in front of him. And as it flew right in front of him, one of the wings slapped him on the nose. Did he, did he do a backflip? Did he run like hell? What did he do? He just, he just stopped dead in his tracks and sat down and then looked at me. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> Terrific. And now he's, now he's scared of that bush whenever we go by it. Uh, um, wait, I did uh, one more thing about my maps encounter. Yeah, sure. You find some more pups? Uh, no, just the one main pup, which is just so strong. Um, but also I noticed... Maybe it's like their mascot. It looks like actually what it is when I go to the all photos. It looks like it's someone, uh, 
uploaded a photo of their brand new puppy inside of Tahoe National Forest on top of a rock. But you can't see that with the crop of the other photos. So it's just like a puppy with its head cocked as like Tahoe National nice. Forest. We got puppies here. Um, <laughs> no, but I was just noticing that Tahoe National Forest is like right next to Yuba City. It's like the oh the biggest city. Sure. Of the, the Yuba County Five that we covered way back when. Yes. Sorry. I was not clear about why that meant anything, and folks were probably confused by that. Thank you for <laughs> clarifying. There's a city by this park. That's neat. <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> anyway, so these these three guys, Donald Shrum and his two coworkers, um, leave on a Friday afternoon to go hunting for the weekend. Cool. And they're uh, they're bow hunting because it was not yet rifle hunting season. Sure. And they're uh they're hunting sort of like not in a group. So they were spread out but they were within eyesight of each other. So maybe like a few hundred yards apart. Sure, sure. Bow hunting uh not having a whole lot of success. And Donald um around sunset moves out a little bit farther to try and find I think they were hunting deer or elk or I don't know whatever you would hunt in the California mountains in the in the fall I'm not a hunter Bigfoot they're hunting Bigfoot with bows and arrows ah oh, dick move and bro dick move he he gets uh separated from his hunting buddies that was your your time to yell point of separation. Point of separation. Sorry, I was looking at what you can hunt in Lake Tahoe, and uh, I got distracted. And he get so he gets separated from these guys, and it's starting to get dark. Where were the rocks? Huh? There must have been rocks, Spencer. Oh, a boulder field. A perhaps? field of boulders must have been present. Oh, dude, I was watching uh, this, whatever. I'm jumping all over the place this episode. Don't care. Uh, I was watching all one, of the Trailer Park Boys, one of the Trailer Park Boys movies over the weekend. Yes. And there is a very, I, I got to record it, and then we got to get back to having uh, Sounders one of these days. Yes. but there, And British J-Rock, Lady, because everybody loves British Lady. Oh, yeah, I'll put her in this week yes. to open the show. A throwback. Yes. Uh, ah. There is a very clean section where J-Rock says his ego's writing checks that his brain can't cash dog (laughs) (laughs) that we need every single time we mention dave politis from now on (laughs) oh my god that is such a great sentence wow wow uh, wow roughly 24 minutes 30 seconds into trailer park boys countdown to liquor day if anyone wants to uh take a look fabulous anyway so he gets separated from his <laughs> his hunting buds and it's getting dark out and he doesn't have a light with him seems like and poor planning. instead of trying to walk back to their camp which is about half a mile away in the darkness over rocky terrain with like some ridges and and valleys and stuff he decides to stay where he is for the night and he'll go meet up with the guys again in the morning that's uh seems kind of dicey but okay yeah i mean it, it i'm not sure either option is great at the point where you're out after dark without a light like if you're you're walking through i mean best case scenario you're like twisting an ankle or stepping off of something uh worse you're encountering rattlesnakes and bears and mountain lions and shit yeah i mean i guess i also just had to remind myself that it's 1964 which means there's no phones i don't know how prevalent like handheld walkie talkies would have been at the time well they certainly didn't have them yeah um so yeah he guesses that he's like between a half a mile and a mile away from his camp. Okay. And he decides that he he's going to set up a little makeshift camp for the night in a tree. So there are these pine trees with, like, 
really wide, fanned out branches that start about 10 to 12 feet up off the ground. So he climbs up onto this boulder. Uh-oh. Because he's, he's near some boulders. Oh, geez. Which gets him uh, close enough to grab, like jump up and grab the bottom branch of one of these trees. And then he kind of sits like uh, like horsey style across uh, one of the, the bigger branches of this tree. I'm sorry. Did you just say horsey style? <laughs> and, I did. And as an immediate follow-up, what the fuck is horsey style? You said that not like real... that was a thing that someone might know. And I'm not going to let like, you get away with that. He, he straddles one of the larger branches. You mean like a large jungle cat? He just like lays over the whole thing. Uh, no, like he's sitting up with his back against the the center of the tree. Oh. And his legs straddling one of the branches. I understand. He's riding that tree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, Percy style. Now I, now I understand where you were headed with that. Duh. We gotta sleep. So, we gotta sleep sitting up, Julian. There's Sam squinches in these woods. <laughs> well, so the reason he was doing this is so that he wouldn't get eaten by a bear or a mountain lion while he was sleeping or a sand squinch although i'm pretty sure both of those animals can climb trees probably better than humans uh yeah yep mm-hmm. so anyway <laughs> he's he's sitting up there with his his bow and his arrows and uh he's gonna wait it out until the sun comes up and then go back to camp harder to sneak up on you though like if you're climbing the tree yeah, you, I'm sitting you, in, it's a little harder to. You'd hear somebody coming, probably. Right, something coming, and then he's got his a bow and some arrows with him. He could probably fend off a, a cat or a bear. Right, and they probably have to be pretty hungry to like go up into a tree after a human anyway. Yeah, and also I don't think either of those things are like, doing night shit, are they? Cats do, don't they? I don't know. Our mountain, hmm. We say our Googles out loud. <laughs> our mountain lions nocturnal. While you look that up, I'll keep going. Uh, Whoa, primarily nocturnal and are most active at dusk through dawn. Damn, yeah, scary. That's, that seems a little redundant, but yes. Oh, that's, They're nocturnal and they're most active at night. Well, I, 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 I mo are most active at dusk slash dawn. So I think that means like, oh, I see. I thought you meant between the two. I was like, yes, that is what we call that, night. That would be correct. <laughs> we have a word for that time period. Uh, <laughs> um, damn, that's so, so terrifying. Up, Carry on. He climbs up into this tree around seven o'clock, just as it's getting dark. And about two hours later, at around nine o'clock, he sees a light in the sky, uh, moving from east to west and sort of like it's moving roughly towards him but it appears to be moving like up and down in the sky as it moved moves towards him like it's Bounce. gaining and losing altitude while moving sort of in a straight line it's a bouncy ball yeah um shrum said quote it looked like a flashlight or a lantern at first bobbing up and down uh, I saw it go up over a tree and then back down, and I thought maybe it was a helicopter and that my friends had contacted the Forest Service to come looking for me. Oh, that's interesting. So when he first sees this, he climbs down from the tree and makes three... He had uh, a bunch of matches with him, and he makes three small fires on the like this big boulder next to the tree that he's in yep. to try and draw attention to himself. Because he thinks this is a helicopter looking for him. Sure. So he gets down, um, builds these these three little fires, and is like waving at this helicopter. Just for a quick moment of clarity, the Tahoe National Forest borders on the Stanislaus National Forest and the Plumas National Forest, but Tahoe National Forest, it's by itself is in between Carson City and Yuba City, and it looks like it's about, like, 60 to 80 miles wide and probably a good 120 to 140 miles long, like north-south. So okay. 
that's a I mean that's a hell of a fucking space to be in. I mean obviously we don't know exactly where in the forest they were, but Yeah, it's I mean most national forests are not small. Right. I mean it looks like there's some little like encampments and stuff uh like through it, but it's pretty pretty remote. So he gets down and he he uh, builds these three little fires and he's trying to get the attention of this helicopter thing. And as it gets closer to him, he guesses like within a hundred yards. Um, he still can't see like any outline of this thing, just a light on the front. But he notices that it's not making any noise, and that if a helicopter were within a hundred yards of you, it would definitely be making a lot of noise. <laughs> I mean, a hundred yards is really close. I don't like Ryan. Tell me, care to describe? Tell me more about <laughs> Ryan. Does distances? Tell me more about distances. <laughs> it's roughly a football field. Yes, <clears throat> but a, a helicopter at a, at a hundred yards is going to be loud as fuck, and he's hearing nothing. Yeah, spooky, um, spooky. So at spooky. that point, yeah, he's getting a little freaked out. And um, <laughs> dude, I, I'm sorry. I just had this image of a guy like starting these fires and like jumping up and down and waving, and then all of a sudden being like, "I'm gonna kick some dirt on that fire real quick." Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> just, like, totally yeah. reversing so course. He, he actually cl- he actually climbs back up into the tree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it because he realizes that this this is not a helicopter and it's not there to help. Never him. mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> and he's he's camouflaged he's he's literally wearing camo sitting up in this tree and he sees this thing get closer um now he's estimating more like 50 yards and he's looking at it from the tree and he still can't really see an outline of this thing but he sees these three um not lights, but like these three panels that look like they're reflecting light somehow. Hmm. He described it as looking like a uh, tinfoil, that it was like not a, a clear reflection, sort of wavy and just like not reflecting images, but just sort of reflecting light. light. Hmm. And then that he could see this initial white light that he saw and thought was like the headlight of the helicopter at one end. So he's assuming that this thing is about 50 feet end to end because these three reflective panels are about 10 feet apart. And then there's this white light at what he thinks is one end of it. Um, That's so the whole thing would be like in the 40 to 60 ish foot range end to end. It's also bigger than a normal helicopter, right? I would imagine, yeah. I don't know shit about helicopters. Hawk, help us. Hawk, how big are? <laughs> I'm assuming, I'm assuming there's a range, nope. but I guess nope. we could. Nope, <laughs> they're one size exclusively. <laughs> there's just a mold. You pour metal into the helicopter mold and then pop it out. Yes, God designed helicopter singular. <laughs> So he's looking at this thing and there are these three like reflective surfaces on it. Um, and after about five minutes, something he sees something come out of the middle of these three reflective surfaces. So to clarify, is this thing just sort of like hovering roughly 100 yards yes. away from him? Uh, he said it's now closer to 50 or 60 yards away. Oh, but yes. that's far too close. It's just sort of floating there and he's watching it from up in this tree. Sure. Sure. And he sees a light like come out of the middle of this craft thing. And he watches it just like drop down into the forest. Okay. Like straight straight down from this bigger craft. Making a making a deposit. Yeah. And for the next four to five minutes, he estimates he didn't have a watch on him, which seem also seems weird. Um, but whatever. Yeah, he guesses for about five minutes. He hears stuff just moving through the brush towards him. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Like Jurassic Park style. There's just something 
fucking barreling through the woods from the direction of this UFO towards him. I, and, uh, boy. Mm-hmm. After about five minutes, he sees what he describes as a person or some kind of guy in a light-colored, silver, whitish-looking uniform with puffs around the uh, the joints, like at the knees and elbows. So sort of like a spacesuit that's like, um, what's the word? Like, gus- gusseted? No. Gusseted. I like what's it. What's the word for... What's the word for when there's like expandable stretchy sections of of something? Uh, well, a gu- there's a word a, that I can't that I can't place. A gusset is a piece of material sewn into a garment to strengthen or enlarge in a part of it. Oh yeah, okay, nailed it. You fucking nailed it, bud. <laughs> um, so most, I should clarify, most of the the content for this book is coming from uh, one or two interviews with Donald Trump. Um, one by NICAP, which is the... Ah, fuck, what does that stand for? Something Aerial Phenomena. National something Aerial Phenomena. They researched UFOs in the 60s. Got it. Just in Canada? Did you say... No. Did you say something about Canada? I did not. Did I think Canada because <laughs> you said because there's a C in there? Probably. Maybe. Carry on. Um, and then the other uh, was from a report uh, generated or written by Paul Cerny um, for NICAP. So anyway, most of this is coming from interviews with or one interview fr- with Donald Trump. Anyway, um, so they're wearing some sort of he sees these guys walk out of the woods wearing basically spacesuits. And. He said on the, the head of these things, people, whatever, um, it looked like there was some sort of helmet, but he couldn't see like a face. So if there was something over the face, it was tinted or darkened somehow. Sure. All he could see were two big black eyes that he said were the size of silver dollars, which I got two questions a or two thoughts a that sounds more like some sort of goggle than an eyeball and b is a silver dollar really that large compared to our eyes no it's not i mean a silver dollar is probably i don't know what two and a half inches across maybe three yeah and i don't know i haven't it's handled one since i was a youth yeah me too but i mean no like i would not I would not think of that as being like large, but yeah, like that would probably fit like a human goggle for sure. That's, that's sort of what it sounds like to me. Um, there are some drawings in this book. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I don't know if you'll go, you'll be able to see this, Ryan. I'll hold this up real quick. Oh yes. Yes, buddy. <laughs> oh so, man. Uh, yeah. It looks like a spacesuit with like a, Maybe like a, a helmet, but then also like a hood pulled up over the helmet, sort of. Like a like a jumpsuit with a hood on it, almost. Did you ever see the Iron Giant? Yeah, it looks very much like the Iron Giant, but like wearing a cloth space suit. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That's probably a good comparison. Less definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, he sees... Uh, these guys in suits walking towards him, um, and he now estimates that they're about 100 feet away from the base of the tree. And there are two of these things, people, guys, whatever, and they're primarily interested in the uh, the plants in the area. They're, like, going around and poking at the, the shrubs and trees and stuff. Okay. And... Um, they're not making any kind of sound and he hears, oh, one, one more thing about the eyes. Um, they were illuminated somehow. I was actually going to ask if there was sort of like a cover over them. I was trying to figure out how he would have even seen the silver dollar sized eyeball slash goggles, but that makes more yeah, sense so he if said- there was uh 
Yeah. His quote was, they were illuminated like a candle, like you put a candle in a flashlight, almost like fire. Huh. So it's an odd way of describing it, but it sounds like maybe fire. I don't know if he means like the color or that it was flickering. Yeah. And also like there was some sort of like uh, glass pane in front of it, maybe. Sure. Maybe that's where the boiler room of the robot is, is behind its eyes. Mm. And that's Mm. what's creating the movement and color. Yeah. So he's sitting in the tree looking at these things. Uh, They're also making owl noises at each other. (laughs) That's, That's how they're communicating. Fantastic. And sometimes when the owl noises happen, they turn and look at the spaceship, which is still hovering about 50 yards away. So they're they're hooting at their house? <laughs> Both at each other and at their house, yes. Cool, cool, cool. Howl, uh, Howl's moving castle. I love, I, I don't know why, but it always seems like such a funny idea to me of this concept of like stupid aliens who think that they're like, like they, they saw one owl once and heard an owl hoot and they're like, oh, this is how earth creatures do their thing. We'll just disguise ourselves. <laughs> and they're just clamping around in the forest in their silver spacesuits going, <laughs> and in their minds, they're like, no one knows we're here. Like we're blending Nailed right it. into the planet. <laughs> They'll think we're earthlings. Just completely. So there are two of these guys. And then um, he hears some more rustling in the forest and a robot version of these guys comes out of the forest. Sick. Which looks similar, except it's metallic rather than uh, space-suited, and it has, like, a a hinged jaw. The drawings of the first two guys looked robotic in their own rights. Well, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that up again so you can see it, and I'll, I'll try and post these photos. Um, one of those is the robot guy, and one is the the humanoid oh, guy. Oh, so the one that's got the like the hinged jaw thing is the the robot one. Oh, that's what I was saying. Looks more like Iron Iron Giant. Yeah, but the now other the it. other one looks like Iron Giant if you pull the spacesuit on. Yeah, or just put a hood up over his head. Yeah, who's the fucking? Um, and they also go ahead. Huh? No, go ahead. Well, they they had uh, like metallic. Um gloves like you know the the gloves you would wear with like a suit of armor uh chain mail is that what that stuff is called uh or yeah yeah chain mail right yep or something like that um so anyway they're about the same size they're all about five feet tall kind of short stubby little guys um some appear to be robotic and some appear to be more humanoid and there's now he thinks between four and six of these things he saw four at one time, but he thought that there were potentially two other ones, and he couldn't really tell the difference between them. So he wasn't sure if he was consistently seeing the same four or if there were more and he was only seeing two to four at a time. And was he seeing four of the spacesuit? Two and two. Two and two. Two robot guys, two spacesuit guys. Yep. The spacesuit guys kind of look like Skeletor, by the way. That's what I was thinking of with the hood over their heads. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Except they're like silvery white instead of Skeletor was kind of like purpley, right? Purple and blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or purpley blue, I guess. So these guys um, eventually notice him in the tree, and they're just kind of staring at him. Okay. <laughs> not cool. Not cool. No, it's not great. Not great. Um probably didn't help that he had lit three fires below his tree also sure and they uh they come over to check out his his tree first the robot guy does yep um (laughs) just start they all just start aggressively hooting at him (laughs) (laughs) they seemed like they seemed very very hesitant to approach him and just sort of like we're staring at him from a distance. And they eventually, uh, the, the first robot, when he got close, like wiped out the fire. Like he was maybe scared of it or like wanted to put it out. He's just like, because only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> Smokey the, the robot alien. Smokey the robot alien just like 
<laughs> that's actually why they landed because he was starting fires to keep himself warm at night and they're just like <laughs> this is bullshit <laughs> got f- intergalactic fire prevention now we gotta find this idiot put his fire out hoot at him a little bit and scare the shit out of him so he never does it again <laughs> it's a new new tactic like fucking mk ultra forest rangers totally back in the 60s totally just dosing people with lsd and freaking them out to never never make uh, unsafe fires again I, I mean hey it would work for me i would be like i'm sorry i'm so sorry i've made a terrible mistake <laughs> so this uh this robot is now standing like at the bottom of the tree staring up at him and he he does donald is not a big fan of this thinks okay this dude seemed to not be a fan of fire let me light shit on fire and throw it down at him because he's got many books of matches with him hot I feel like that's probably not the move, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> so he lights a whole book of matches on fire and throws it down at this dude. Like, what? Is, the, what is the, that going to accomplish? What are you going to do? Well, well, the robot freaked out and backed up to like 50 feet away. All right. Before slowly approaching again. And then Donald starts lighting other shit on fire and throwing it down there. He said to try and start something like on the ground on fire near the tree which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because now you're stuck in a tree that's on fire yeah i was just gonna say and your escape plan for that was just like create a diversion and chaos and then run i guess (laughs) back into the woods at night it's still totally dark out light enough of the woods on fire that you can see back to your camp i mean i get it this guy probably wasn't thinking super clearly right now but yeah so he lights a bunch of other shit on fire, including like his own clothes and his hat and shit, and throws it down at this robot. And eventually the robot realizes that like that is not a threat to him. Yep. And gets closer. Donald shoots it with his arrow in the chest. Sure. Which scares it at first, but it just bounces off of him. Shoots this thing three times, has no real effect. This dude just waging war on the aliens by himself from his fucking yeah, I mean, tree. The, the the short version of the story is that this dude had like a 12-hour battle with aliens and robots from a tree. Wow. Terrific. Um, And they keep coming back. And after a couple times, this robot from its mouth releases some sort of like vapor. So it stands directly below him. And billows this vapor out of its face that comes up, like, wafts up into the tree towards Donald. Not, and knocks him out. Not cool. Super not cool. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have been shooting arrows and throwing fire at him, bro. Well, right? He tried to light him on fire and shoot him in the face you, three times. You're going to get knocked out, bro. That's <laughs> You asked to get knocked out, bro. So he said it didn't have, uh, like, a, a scent to it. He thought it was probably nitrogen or something else that just would basically temporarily asphyxiate you so you'd black out sure well and he he woke up he estimated like just less than a minute later but when he woke up this thing was trying to climb up the tree to come get him no sir no thank you (laughs) hey what do we think the chances are that uh while stuck in the woods overnight don was uh hungry for dinner and maybe forged some mushrooms to uh eat up in his tree i did i did wonder about the like hallucination factor here but we 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 can talk about potential causes yeah Uh, yeah there's not a ton of the story left basically this process repeats all night long of this this robot coming up to the tree knocking him out and then him coming to with the robot and the aliens trying to climb up into the tree and get him i love i love this and then him fending them off somehow i love this because it continues down the stupid aliens line of they're like just gonna just gonna burp some gas at this dude oh we woke up again i'm gonna burp some just the same amount of gas right at him oh we woke up again just like never learning their lesson so eventually, uh, they did learn their lesson, sort of, and the two robots came together and like shot sparks out of their chests at each other to create a super vapor. Oh! And they both re- both released vapor up into the tree that knocked him out real good. <laughs> and and that time he didn't wake up until the morning. Shot sparks out of their chest. Um, but when he woke up in the morning. 
the aliens and the robots had left. All right. So that time they didn't go up the tree for him. They just they just knocked him out hard and left him. Yeah, apparently. What the? F- um, We're gonna let, knock him out a, me re- a little bit and try to go get him. But we keep failing. Yeah, I, I don't. Now we're going to knock him out a lot of it, and we're not going to go get him. Let me revisit uh, chapter nine, final assault from the book and see if I missed anything. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, okay. When he woke up a few minutes later, he discovered uh, after the robot had gassed Shrum, the two humanoids started trying to climb up the trunk of the tree. Um... They were too short. They they were trying to boost each other up into the tree. <laughs> oh, so he, what he fended sight. him off by sh- by shaking the tree, like shaking the lowest branch, so that they couldn't grab it. <laughs> Perfect. This is like this feels like something out of a fucking Three Stooges movie, dude. <laughs> like it's so yep. mm-hmm. so like rudimentary and fucking slapstick. Uh, he was throwing change out of his pockets at them. I mean, um, I guess at a certain okay, point. Here- if you're out of matches oh, here, and me, arrows, check out this drawing of the. Oh the my god! Spark, what sparking their shit? What is happening, <laughs> dude? Oh my god! They're shooting sparks out of their chests at each other. Did he um, draw those drawings, or did they draw those drawings after him? Them him telling them. It says right underneath it, illustration by Neil Ribe. So this must be based on his descriptions. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. So they hired an illustrator to draw that. <laughs> it's right there on the cover, oh. man. Neil, Neil drew the shit out oh, of it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. Let's. All right. Here's the section I was looking for. Uh, Donald says, I blacked out colder than heck. Colder than heck, uh, bud. <laughs> when he finally woke, the first rays of the morning sun had appeared, and his long, tortuous ordeal was finally over. So, I don't, yeah, they just left, I guess. Um, All right. He thought for a while that maybe he had been abducted and then they put him back in the tree. That would stand to um, reason. And then wiped his memory with their chests. <laughs> or whatever. Later, after much reflection and undergoing hypnotic regression, Shrum became convinced that the UFO occupants were never able to reach him. Quote, I beat them at their game. I'm one of the ones that got away. <laughs> Oh my god. I love this concept of like no no, we can uh we can travel through interstellar space and deposit human <laughs> beings onto the ground, <laughs> but we can't climb a fucking tree. Yeah, okay. If you took if you took one look at Earth, you would see that there are like billions of trees. It's almost like you could have gotten back in your spaceship and parked that son of a bitch right over the top of the tree you were trying to get in and hop back out <laughs> again. That- the thing that was floating 50 feet away from him this entire time. How will we ever get up that high? <laughs> it's so far away. <laughs> this fucking guy. Yeah, so he, I beat him at their own game. Away. Flying. <laughs> what was the game exactly? Yeah. <laughs> Tree climbing? That's the alien's game. Uh, poison gas burping? Uh, fucking what? <laughs> this so, fucking guy. Yeah, he, um, let me see if I'm missing anything else. He he did go through hypnotic regression, but didn't recall anything new. Um, the Air Force, he talked to the Air Force and they said he was hallucinating, which seems pretty reasonable. Sure. (laughs) I mean, that was, that was for sure where my first thought went was like, this guy seems like he's going through a, going through a wild ride in his brain piece. So in the morning, he, he climbed down out of the tree. Um, he had, like, fastened his belt around one of the tree branches so they wouldn't fall out, I guess. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how that would work. Yeah, but. I was trying to visualize that as well. So he woke up in the morning and walked back to the camp, found his buds. Uh, he was he was pretty well, pretty well fucked because he had been lighting his clothes on fire and shaking a tree all night. Sure. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> they took him home. He was physically okay, um, had some PTSD-like symptoms, talked to a, a hypnotist, talked to the Air Force, drew the Air Force guys a map of where this happened. 
Um, and he said he went back out there at one point to try and like collect some of the stuff that he had thrown at them. Sure. He threw like his canteen and some change and his shirt that he lit on fire and his hat and shit. And he said that it was all gone and that the ground around the tree had been raked. Raked. Mm-hmm. As in the aliens so he thinks cleaned he, up after themselves or No, he thinks the, the Air Force went out there to investigate and then like oh, quote, covered it up. I see, I see, I see. I covered see. up the fact that there was change and a water bottle on the ground because that's obviously evidence of an alien invasion. <laughs> see? They were here. <laughs> no, sir, you were here. <laughs> that's you were here. So it seems incredibly um not real yeah but but also like i don't know what this dude like why there's no reason to hoax it and he he didn't even talk about any of this shit publicly until decades later yeah uh like I, i don't think hoaxing is realistic but obviously he didn't experience alien robots trying to climb a tree for 12 hours and then just giving up <laughs> because he because he finally passed out right is it so is it possible that like i don't know like could he have like i guess there's a world in which i could imagine him like maybe being tormented by like a bear or a mountain lion throughout the night. And like, I mean, I don't know, but this is like, there's so much detail. That's not like, that's not that, you know, I'm just trying to think like, could he have yeah. been tormented throughout the night and just through some version of, I don't know, repression or invention or, you know, not sleeping for 48 hours or whatever that he like, envisioned it to be something that it wasn't i don't know it just seems like it's to your point like it's a lot it's a lot of detail to make up for no reason yes but at the same time it doesn't seem it's it is one of like the least sensical set like sensible encounters i've ever encountered (laughs) yeah i think so I, if we go from the angle of these were things from outer space that arrived in a spaceship. Right. Um, you could maybe, or his, his one of his explanations, because he thinks that these were things from outer space. Yep. And while this was happening mostly with the, the robots and one or two of the humanoid things, there were other humanoid things that weren't engaging with him that were out in the woods. So his take is that they were on some sort of like uh scientific mission to take plant or soil samples or something. And then he got in their way by lighting shit on fire and shooting arrows and throwing change at them. And they took two, uh, two of their robot guys and two of their guy guys to be like, keep this fucker out of our way for the next couple hours. Yeah, yeah. While the other guys went and took leaf samples. Sure. Sure. And put some caterpillars in the jars. Again, though, capable of interstellar travel <laughs> and yet have to, like, hop out and walk around to, like, pick up leaves? Well, right. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's one of those things, too, where like so many uh, UFO and alien encounters are there's they're very specifically of their time in that people are describing what seemed futuristic at that time. Right, 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 right. Like in the 60s, the idea of humanoid robots was like very sci fi. Right. It was very like a pop Uh, culture trope. Yeah, and like you often see people describing technology that is like just barely ahead of what we have at the time. Right. Instead of like if you were really capable of interstellar travel, would we even like recognize that level of technology or 
that level of biology or whatever right totally were happening totally um or would it be people in spacesuits picking leaves you know right with like bubble elbows and bubble knees like <laughs> exactly yeah and a robot with a big like one hinge jaw because it needs to speak yeah like what why would it have a jaw right why does it need a mouth so it, it's put it except to gas you it's a burp gas at you bro it's the it's the <laughs> it's the gas burping location but yeah i don't i don't know what his motivation would be for sharing any of this um much less waiting like 40 years to share it right there's also part of me too that like 40 years after something happens it's a lot easier to like pick a person who may or may not have existed or pick a like person who may or may not be able to like verify this stuff anymore and just what are you you're saying donald may not be a real person yes and like, well, is it? I mean, he he has since. I think he recently died, but he like he has done interviews and like he has spoken at some MUFON events. Okay, so he was like a and okay, so he's telling a real story. I mean, provided some drawings and photos and stuff for this book. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So he he is not just an invention of these authors. No, no. Is there a possibility? I mean. I don't know what that does for the credibility of his story, but like he is a real person telling this story at least. Yeah. I mean, there's also not to go down like a sadder road, but like 40 years after something happened, if you are an elderly person telling a pretty wild story, like, I mean, you might not be all there anymore. Like that's also, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't so much that, uh, he didn't tell the story for 40 years. It was that he did it anonymously until 2011. Got it. So this story, like he, he spoke with the air force, like within a couple days and told the story to a few people just without his name attached to it until 2011 through MUFON, he attached his name to the story that had been reported through occasionally throughout the previous 40 years and that is a that's so weird yeah it's it, it is a it is a classic example of like i with like all like legitimately with all due respect to this gentleman and the experience that he says he has had have such a hard time wrapping my head around that being real but it also right. is a perfect example of like but obviously something happened, whether that was like in his brain or outside his brain or in his world or outside his world. Like it just seems too like there's too much detail and continuity and time passage for him to actually be like just totally making it up. I mean, you definitely could make it up. I just don't know what your motivation would be. That's what I mean. Like, it doesn't seem like you gained anything from making that up if you made that up until 40 right. years later. And that is a hell of a long con if that's your long con. Well, and then, like, I don't think he, I mean, maybe he had a deal for part of the profit from this book, but, like, this book didn't do anything. Yeah, right. You know, he's getting maybe, like, a third of the revenue from a book that sold a thousand copies. Like, Right. So he made maybe a you, total maybe of five grand one or, or two. Yeah. Or like maybe if that, and like maybe you booked a couple speaking gigs that paid you like a thousand bucks or something. Right. But if you were going to do that, why wait 40 years? Right. seems like it makes way more sense to dive into it right after it. There seems like, I mean, there's right. so much more legitimacy right after it happens too, right? Like you just have the recency bias of not recency bias, but like, you know, the recency of all of your memories and you're recording them and publicly speaking about them. And, and also the fucking, like the, the technology wouldn't feel so ancient now when you're talking about it, like it probably would have felt pretty futuristic to people then, but now we look at it and we're like, right. What? <laughs> what? Right. I don't know. No, it's very, very bizarre. I, 
uh, it made me think about like, especially with the Air Force saying like you were hallucinating. I mean, that seems plausible if there were some explanation for why he would have been hallucinating. Something he ingested or whatever. Yeah, because like I could imagine then, okay, uh, you see a meteor or you actually did see a helicopter and because you're fucked and don't know it, uh, it you know, your brain registers it as something else. You see, maybe you do see a bear or a mountain lion like scoping you out up in this tree, and your brain reads it as something else. Like, yeah, that's that's a road I could go down. Yeah. Uh, if there were any any evidence of him like having actually been hallucinating, right, or coming into contact with anything that would cause him to hallucinate, or I I don't know why it would have been like seems very time specific too that it was like very sudden i guess and then it stopped very suddenly i guess that would all depend on what he had ingested or come into contact with i guess but or another possibility is that there's an air force base in the area and they were dropping guys down testing out new like nasa space gear in harsh conditions and he saw it, and he wasn't supposed to see it. And they're like, "Fuck, we gotta go get this guy," because he saw he saw us. And he was like, "Go away, spacemen!" And they were like, "No, we're gonna burp at you <laughs> with our." And he pulled out his bow and arrows, like do 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 boom. <laughs> and the NASA suits are fucking. <laughs> and the NASA suits were fucking, fucking bulletproof. Arrowproof, bro. Arrowproof. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a fucking weird one. That's I'm I'm joking, but I'm also like, is there another op, like uh, another option in between where it's like he saw something that was not alien in nature, but he mistook for being alien in nature? Well, clearly, yes. Well, but I, well, right, but there's also the possibility that he didn't see anything. You know what I mean? Or what he saw was inside of his yeah. head, not outside of his head. And I'm saying, is it possible right, that right, he right. saw something outside of his head? That he attributed to something else. Yeah, I mean something something fucking goofy happened. Something inside his brain or or otherwise. Well, yep. Got out. I'll do her. Got 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 about as many answers as when we started. <laughs> Slightly less, actually. Slightly less. All right, bud. Well, I'll uh, I'll lend you this book if you want to take a look at it. There's some really nice illustrations. I think I I think courtesy of Neil. I think we should uh, we should take the illustrations and turn them into a col- a digital coloring book. <laughs> you, they're all black and white, so you guys can color in the alien iron uh, giants as you see fit. An alien coloring book is a really good idea. Well. Uh, TM, TM, <laughs> also put it on the list. TM, TM, TM. We we own that concept, and we're gonna make it happen. Oh my god, dude! Anything that what? remember that fucking that fucking crazy book that we read on the Patreon with the fucking species from other spa- other places thing? Yeah, it's still it's still right here in the studio. What if we just use that as the inspiration for drawing things, and then turn it into a coloring book? Oh right, because this is yeah, this is purely text. So we gotta we gotta get an illustrator to help us illustrate. For instance, the Naga, uh, physical descriptors: rainbow assortment of colors, nine to fifteen feet in length. Front arms evolve as they mature. Um, See, their government is a matriarchal hierarchy. Their justice is survival of the fittest. Fantastic. Uh, and they have no sh- they have no ships. No ships. Wait, what's the last? What <laughs> is that? Was that the last one? Ships. What's the uh, there? There are several spirituality. They have belief in in one higher entity, which they call the Great Drake. No, but what's the? They worship Drake. What's the? Yes. What's the last? Um, what's the last bullet on the list of things of data? Well, it's it's notes. Yeah. And in this one, there's only one note, and it says ships none. Ships none. <laughs> That's okay. the only yeah, note. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, the Nords have more notes. For instance, Origin traveled through the Pleiades star system to get here. Allies with the Pleiadians and Greys, with many of the same philosophies. Sure. 
physically almost perfect health and ships traditional saucer with no bubble. See, no bubble. There's, there's just the book is called Races of the Worlds by R. Keith Andrews. We should do way. another deep dive into that, by the way, because I swear to God, I haven't laughed that hard, and I don't even know how long <laughs> trying to read through that thing. But that's like got a perfect degree <laughs> of detail, which is like not very much at all for us to just totally create visualizations of those species as we saw fit. Yes, I love it. I love it. All right, dude. Uh, oh, I, for, I forgot about their brilliant names too. Oh yeah. The Sarazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazazaz